Good morning, or good afternoon. In my opinion, one of the most controversial and storied reasons for the condition we find ourselves in today is the four-letter word that confounds many when the subject is even broached. But the subject matter is as old as time and causes as much consternation as life itself. Some talking heads of today, and even some scientists, look at race differently. Again, they say race is a social construction where societies generate informal or formal rules about what we see and how to act and treat others, i.e. discrimination. Scientists generally do not recognize races as biologically meaningful. Yet, a scientist that many of us are familiar with looked at race not only as what he saw, but what he observed. And it was an issue that he spoke on, more so than most people even know about. And really, when you think about it, as an acronym, race is not complicated at all. It's really quite simplistic. If you think of it as an acronym, race, R-A-C-E, really, all colors are equal. What a thought. What a wonderful world it could be if race was thought of differently. Hatred, race, and discrimination, if they weren't such an issue. An individual much smarter than myself had a few thoughts on race, hatred, and discrimination, so I thought I'd share. These are his quotes. And in the opinions of many of the smartest persons to have ever lived, this person who was not only a scientist, a physicist, and a philosopher, but an individual who openly commented on the most abhorrent human condition, and that is the scourge of these divided states. His thoughts from over 80 years ago on race in these divided states particularly caught my ears years ago, long before the advent of the internet. This simply from reading, learning, and listening. And if one of the smartest persons to have ever lived, ever had these particular thoughts, I wanted to share. Again, these are his quotes. Number one, and I quote, your ancestors dragged these black people from their homes by force and in the white man's quest for wealth and an easy life they have been ruthlessly suppressed and exploited degraded into slavery the modern prejudice against Negroes is the result of the desire to maintain this unworthy condition end quote number two and I quote the world is a dangerous place to live not because of the people who are evil, but because of the people who don't do anything about it. End quote. Number three, and I quote, It's very depressing to live in a time where it's easier to break an atom than a prejudice. End quote. Number four, and I quote, There is a separation of colored people from white people in the United States. The separation is not a disease of colored people, 
It is a disease of white people. I do not intend to be quiet about it. End quote. Number five. I think probably that Americans will have to realize how stupid this attitude and bias against Negroes is and how harmful it is also to the standing of the United States. After all, every country is supposed to be looking up to this country. <laughs> But I think if individuals are really honest with themselves about this problem, they would undoubtedly recognize how wrong this bias really is. End quote. Number six, and I quote, We must strive to ensure that minorities be protected against economic and political discrimination, as well as against attacks by libelous writings and against the poisoning of youth in school, end quote. Number seven, and I quote, there is however a somber point in the social outlook of Americans. Their sense of equality and human dignity is mainly limited to men of white skins. Even among these men of white skin, there are prejudices of which I as a Jew am clearly conscious, but they are not important in comparison with the attitude of the whites towards their fellow citizens of darker complexion, particularly towards Negroes. The more I feel an American, the more this situation pains me. I can escape the feeling of complicity in it only by speaking out, end quote. Number eight, and I quote, I believe that whoever tries to think things through honestly will soon recognize how unworthy and even fatal is the traditional bias against Negroes. What can the men of goodwill do to combat this deeply rooted prejudice? He must have the courage to set an example by word and deed and must watch lest his children become influenced by this radical and racial bias. Every, and that's an end quote. Number nine, and I quote, every disease of society can be overcome if there is the firm will for a cure in the people. The worst disease under which the society of our nation suffers is in my opinion, the treatment of the Negro, end quote. Number 10, and I quote, race prejudice has unfortunately become an American tradition, which is uncritically handed down from one generation to the next. How true. The only remedies are enlightenment and education. This is a slow and painstaking process in which all right-thinking people should take part. End quote. Number 11, and I quote, American ancestors took these black people forcibly from their homes so that the white man could more easily acquire wealth. By suppressing and exploiting and degrading black people into slavery, the white man was able to have an easier life. I really think that this is as a result of a desire to maintain this condition that modern prejudice stem, end quote. And number 12, and I quote, we must make every effort to ensure that the past injustice, violence, and economic discrimination will be made known to the people. The taboo, let's not talk about it, must be broken. And for this man's baker's dozen of quotes, I give you this. And I quote, the difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits. End quote. The man 
Albert Einstein. One of the most intelligent individuals to have walked this planet. Albert Einstein was a German-born theoretical physicist, widely acknowledged to be one of the greatest physicists of all time, along with one of the greatest minds of all time. Ebony Contrarian, not by any means a genius, but a listener and a learner. And I am out. Good morning, or good afternoon. The antis are coming. The antis are here. If there ever was love here in these divided states, it's going away in ways too numerous to mention. Every minute of every day, every day, a new anti shows its ugly and hateful countenance. Anti-Native American hate, anti-Mexican American hate, anti-African American hate, anti-Latin American hate, anti-Latinx hate, anti-Asian American hate, anti-Semitic hate. All the antis have one thing in common. They're all human. Living in these divided states, surrounded by those who claim to be supreme, but prove to be anything but. As a casual observer of what we're all seeing today, that wasn't started by the wannabe New York realtor who won the highest office in these divided states with the assistance of Vladimir Putin and his mother Russia is the systemic fact that hate again is on the rise. Don't get me wrong, it has never gone away, possibly astray. However, with all the hate-filled words that have been spewed about by far too many malcontents and ne'er-do-wells, that on a whole don't really possess the gray matter that the good Lord has given us all from birth. What with the hate of the Mexican people that descended from the escalator with the devil incarnate and the MAGA brigade, which really was a not so subtle disguise for Mawa. No, not great again, but most definitely white again. Then the continued anti-African-American onslaught of executions by the new Klan in blue. Then the idiotic outcry by the orange one in charge for the last four years of Antifa, which really meant and means anti-him. He's definitely the fascist. Next, it's the on-again, off-again anti-Semitic screams of the so-called supremacists which, truth be told, they aren't supreme in anything other than ignorance with a huge dose of stupidity. The latest is the on-again, off-again rise in the hate of anti-Asians in our community, also fueled by his orange highness, I mean lowness, 
when he continues his illiterate nonsense referring to the global pandemic we have been faced with and calling it the China flu. How stupid. By the way, whether or not a lab in China may be responsible, it's no reason to label an entire race of people with his brand of ugliness. But then again, consider the source. Last but not least, let's not forget the hate-filled rant by that devil incarnate with his hatred of all immigrants of color, along with his love of immigrants devoid of color. With all of this reminds me of is two poems, one by Denny Moon, along with the poem by Martin Nimola. Nimola was referring to the communist. He was a German theologian and a Lutheran pastor. He is best known for his opposition to the Nazi regime during the late 1930s and for his wisely, widely quoted 1946 poem, First They Came. The poem exists in many versions and many languages. The one featured on the United States Holocaust Memorial reads, and I quote, First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Nimola was born in 1892 in West Germany. He was a national conservative and initially a supporter of Adolf, well, you know. But he became one of the founders of the Confessing Church, which opposed the Nazification of German Protestant churches. He opposed the Nazis and their Aryan beliefs, but was also a self-identified, wait for it, anti-Semite. His opposition to the Nazis' state control of the churches. Nimola was imprisoned in Sachsenhausen and Dachau concentration camps from 1938 until 1945. Along with the Jews he hated due to the original big lie about Jews told by good old Adolf. Karma, if you will. He narrowly escaped execution after his imprisonment he expressed his deep regret about not having done enough to help victims of the Nazis. Go figure. Then there's the second poem that I often think about. One by Denny Mooned. And I quote, They said, today it's me. Tomorrow it will be you. I ignored them. Yesterday, it was the other guy. I said nothing. They went after the woman, brutalized her. I remained in my cocoon. It was not me after all. I had my freedom. Theirs taken. By all means, it was fine by me. So I looked the other way. They said, let's stand together, united. I turned a blind eye. 
am not my brother's keeper. They will come for you, someone said. Deaf ear, I had no reason to fear. Then I stood alone. They needed someone to go for. Life became tough, so I coughed. They came for me, the quiet one, brutalized me, canned me with trumped up charges. I cried out for help. No one came. I blamed everyone else but myself. I helped create this tyranny. I failed to speak out against social injustice, corruption, and the like vice. And now they crush me like lice. Speak, 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 and speak. Get involved. Liberty is expensive. Seek not a root aggressive. Shy not from being heard. Speak. End quote. And that was Mr. Denny Moon, born in 1956. Moon and Mueller. They were born 64 years apart, one in West Germany, the other in these divided states of America. Yet their words, as close to identical as they can be. Let's all look within ourselves to find answers. Michael Jackson said, look to the man, I say, or woman, in the mirror. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If we want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Thank you, Mike. If only some of the deplorables and those in the Mawa and Maga Brigade should heed those words, maybe, just maybe, we'll all be in a better place. Too easy to see we are daily moving away from what the world needs now, and now seeing more hate within so many, unfortunately. Ebony Contrarian, speaking out as best I can, still listening, still learning. Out for now.